All right, I'm Dan, and welcome to the Stage Fright Podcast, where we talk about mental health while working in creative industries. Today on the show, I'm talking to musician Rob Butler. Do you talk to yourself, by the way? Yeah. In the van and stuff? Oh, yeah. yeah. Terrible for it. Great. We talk about the DIY musician. When you are working on your own record, you do go a bit crazy with it, then. Uh, and that's exactly it. We talk about storytelling in music. But also has to deal with the fact that his dad was killed and he also inherited the gang. So it's like a massive weight on his shoulders. And where those inspirations come from. And basically, as I was writing, putting pen to paper, I realised that I was just writing like what had happened to me in the last... 10 years. And how Rob came to the realisation that outside help might be the best option. I had a six year period where eight or nine times someone that I knew was there one minute and then dead the next. And then I came to my own realisation. It does sound like I've got the life of like a 15 year old boy. (laughs) (laughs) Just like play guitar in the day, I play Call of Duty at night. And in Rob's initial message to me about coming on the show, he called himself a nobody, which I didn't really like because that's not the point of the show. The point is to talk about these situations from different perspectives. I know I'm a bit of a nobody. nobody's a nobody mate you're listening to (coughs) (laughs) you're listening to the stage fright podcast here's rob butler i did make some notes mate yeah i've seen you got some (laughs) notes going thing is like i was thinking so there's so there's so much in like because it's from i was like 17 up to yeah now so there's so much in that time period. I was like, I'm going to forget stuff. I'm going to, I'm going to want to say something and I'm not going to say it or yeah, you know, no, something that's like good. that. So I just thought I'm going to make notes of like yeah. the essential things. Mate, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Thanks for coming over to do it. So basically, first, who are you and what do you do? Yeah, so um, my name is Rob Butler. Um, I... I'm a part-time musician. I'm mm-hmm. paid now, so I can call myself a musician, oh, which is nice. Great. Um, but I have a full-time job as well, uh, which keeps me busy, self-employed and doing all this sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, cool. So. Do you enjoy being self-employed? I do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it has its pros and cons, like every job, I think. Yeah. And a lot of the time you would think maybe the grass is greener because yeah. you think, like, oh, the employed life. And to have a steady salary and not and have to pension. worry. And, and, pension and, <laughs> and then you think... I can just take this day off. Yeah. Which I think for every self-employed person is rare because all the time that you can work, you probably will. Yes. Yeah. Which, Which is... means you don't get a Sunday, you don't get a bank holiday <laughs> yeah. and you kind of just learn to live with that, don't you? You're yeah. Just like, sorry, I was going to grab a coffee. I was going to slurp on this. Mm. <laughs> ASMR. <laughs> Let's start by talking about your record. Yeah. I've heard it. It's great. You. Did you enjoy making it? Before we get into the nitty gritty of it, did yeah. you enjoy the yeah. actual process of producing and making it? Who who did you record it with? In myself. You did yeah, it yourself? Yeah, I did it at home, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so um, I did enjoy it up until the last maybe two weeks of yeah. listening over and over and over yeah. again and fine-tuning bits. I say that, you know, I still loved it, to be fair. I can't, I can't say that I didn't enjoy it. I loved it and I loved the process of getting to that stage. I did music production at college, so cool. it was uh, kind of going back and trying to relearn all the things yeah, that I'd great. forgotten. What door did you use? Cubase 12. Cubase, cool. Yeah, yeah. For, uh, for anyone listening who does, because there's a lot of people that aren't musicians, a door is a digital audio workspace, which means it's like Pro Tools or Logic. It's what you're working in. It's quite hard to explain that, really. Yeah. Like, because it's, it's all on, like, computer, but... It's a recording studio in a, in a laptop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you don't know anything about recording, you're like, what the fuck is a door? Yeah. Like, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, true. Okay, cool. So Cubase. So, yeah. yeah, Cubase 12, yeah. I didn't right. use that at college. I used Logic, but um, I always had Cubase and on oh, my okay. laptop, and I got 
I preferred that to Logic, so I just yeah. I got stuck it's, it. it mate, there's this massive battle between like what's better out of like Ableton, Logic, Cubase, mm-hmm. Pro Tools. They're all the same. Yeah. They literally all do the same job. It's like FIFA or Pro Evolution Soccer. Whichever one you started with is the one you're going to prefer. Exactly that. So I started with Pro Tools, and I still use Pro Tools now. Yeah. I do love it. I'm quite quick at it, but annoyingly with Pro Tools, they now charge you like 200 quid a year to... Oh, it's yearly, yeah, is it? Yeah, uh, two hundred and fifty dollars, I think, a year. Mm. But you get all the updates and stuff. But then, do you really want to update your computer every six months? Yeah, it's not really. There's always a, a risk, isn't it? There's always a risk. <laughs> you're just like, oh yeah, these five plugins now that you use every day don't work. You're yeah, like, oh, thanks very much. Yeah, but exactly. Yeah, so, um, when you are working on your own record, you do go a bit crazy with it, don't you? Uh, and that's exactly it. I, I recorded it once, and I always send all my music to my best mate. Cool, because he lives up. Um, well, he's lived all over the place up north, but at the moment he's living in Liverpool. Yeah, and yeah, I send I send all my music to him and just say, "Can you listen to it and and let me know what you think yeah. before I put it out to the world?" So I recorded it first, and we did that. And uh, he said, yeah, it sounds really good. You know, there's a couple of things that I would look mm-hmm. at and do. And then I put it to kind of to one side for a bit. Um, and I just played the songs live and just kept playing yeah. them live. And as I did that, they developed and changed again um, to the point where I thought, I now need to go back and yeah. re- redo it. Yep. And then, <laughs> I've yeah. been there, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so I went back and, and uh, started, not started again, but I... I just took what I had because I didn't want to lose it's like that. What I'd recorded originally was the core songs, you know, and they were raw and that's how it, I kind of wanted it. So mm. I kept a lot of it, but changed some bits, added a couple of bits, you know, re-recorded a couple of the vocals. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what I have ended up with. So I was well aware, like, of my own sound of, of my voice. And yeah. it's so hard, hard to get out of that because you're constantly critiquing yourself as well as what you're trying to do. So you're yeah, listening out for things that other people won't no, listen. No, exactly. Like you're just hearing your own voice. But yeah. obviously your voice sounds different in your head than it does coming out of speakers. So yeah. there is a big learning curve of getting used to that. Yeah. Which took me, a, it took me a good few years to go, oh, is that what I sound like? Why do I not sound like Frank Sinatra? Yeah. So and yeah. We all have our influences as well that we, that we, like we want to sound like and i kind of went down the wrong rabbit hole of referencing uh like my tracks against other songs oh yeah which is it's good to do that i think but if you choose too many different songs and start referencing from too many different points you end up with something completely off of what you actually wanted to start and finish with so the first record i did like rock record it got kind of compared to songs for the deaf by queens of the stone age but i hadn't properly heard that album and i was like before i mix this i'm not going to listen to songs for the deaf because mm. i'll listen to it and i know what will happen i'll yeah. go fuck i want to i want the guitars to sound like that yeah and then i mixed it released it and then i was like right come on i'm gonna listen to songs for the deaf but i'm so glad i didn't listen to it because then i yeah. didn't just copy it exactly go, i want that yeah. exact drum sound i want everything you've got to draw influences but if you draw about 500 influences for one project it just starts yeah. getting like a mix mash of yeah, yeah. stuff so where are your influences because it's quite a dark album mm. it's well it's quite a dark ep sorry yeah, yeah. um what are your influences musically for that? So I'm hugely influenced by a guy called Sean James. Okay. Um, he's sort of where, where it all began for me. And his songs and storytelling and the way that he puts across his music is quite soulful and, and some topics are quite dark and other things are, you know, yeah, quite... Yeah, cool. So it's very balanced. So he was a big one. And then uh, naturally people like City and Colour and yeah. Ben Howard, like these sort of acoustic artists that have that sound about them... Um, 
I like that and drew influence from that. Uh, a big band that I like is Coheed and Cambria. Oh, mate. Um, when I heard your record, the intro to your record, yeah, because the first song is sort of instrumental, isn't it? Yeah. I thought, this is Coheed. This yeah. is Coheed all over. <laughs> yeah. Great. So, yeah. So, they, they, I mean, they've been a band that I've loved and listened yeah. to since I was... Since I and they are really. very storytelling. Yes. They're, all yeah. their albums are... Yeah. I mean, even the titles of their albums are Don't stories in themselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you ever For listen sure. to any of... Um, Claudio's solo stuff like his Price Fighter Inferno yeah. stuff is really good yeah yeah, yeah really different like but yeah. really good like again I mean, you can tell it's him in like a room of yeah. a laptop <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just working on it on himself yeah so good Billie Eilish is a one that's oh, crept yeah. up on me a little bit actually yeah. uh, I, just for production if yeah. over anything like her yeah. the sound of her records is yeah and her, it was all about harmonising the voice yeah how you can use the voice as a as a bigger and wider tool yes. yeah. um, and layering it up. And, and so that was kind of quite a big thing that I like to do. I yeah, think cool. they were the main ones, really. What about things like, um, did you mix it yourself? Yeah. Yeah. I mastered it. That's what I mean. You just <laughs> hate it's so it. Hard. It's horrible, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's horrible. It yeah. does get to a point where you think is this even good anymore? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I'm not going to lie, well. at the end, I didn't even think they were real songs anymore. Yeah. I was just like, <laughs> what have I done? Yeah. And then it's weird, you take you take time away from it and then come back mm. and then you listen to it and you go, oh, I'm sort of hearing this with like fresh ears. Yeah. So your fiance, does she come in to listen to the mixes or anything while you're working on them? Um, yeah, so... Because that's quite a good yeah. thing to do, get someone else just to sit there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she can she can hear it I've got like a little office, so mm. it's not soundproofed or anything. She can quite hear what I'm doing, but often I sort of plonk my headphones on her and say, "Can you just listen to this?" Because I'm not sure. Yeah, and she like through no fault of her own has no mixing or that's great, you know, music, that's, which is perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because you'll go, "Does the hi hat in this bit sound too loud?" And she'd be like, "What's the hi hat?" Because one of the things that she said after I um, sort of finalised it all, and I said, "Right, this is it now. I'm done." Can yeah. you listen to it from start to finish because after this, it's, it's, it's kind of done. Yeah. Um, and her feedback was like, "Yeah, I like the uh, effect that you put on the vocals." I was like, "Okay, there's like." 18 different effects yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i was like that's fine that's, yeah, fine. that's fine if that's what you got that's cool. then, then you liked it then so it's just little things like that that you that you kind of know right okay that that means that that sounds good to that person yeah. and and it's hard to gauge you know if it sounds good to a lot of people but as, yeah. as an artist you shouldn't really care about no that. you shouldn't i mean it's hard to care about that kind of, it's hard to not care sorry yeah. about that kind of stuff because you think now are twenty thousand people in the stadium going to sing this mm. Maybe that lyric is a bit too long for it to be catchy enough. And then you start overthinking that kind of stuff. And then yeah. you've just got to go, actually, do I like this? Cool. Done. Yeah. That's, that should be exactly, it. Exactly, yeah. being artists, we don't think like that. No. Yeah, no. and that was a big thing for me is that not I'm not with this EP trying to appeal to the masses. It, it was yeah. never about that, really. And I never had images of it, you know, being played on the radio and going massively viral or anything like that. It was mm. just, this is me and it's come from the heart yeah and that's what i was trying to get oh and you can hear that you can hear that in the record so Mm. the record do you want to explain what it's about yeah yeah sure it's called the mortal um it's a four-part concept ep um that tells the story of uh, a young boy who his father is killed by a rival gang and then he as he grows up seeks the revenge for his father's death but also has to deal with the fact that um, his dad was killed and he also inherited the gang so it's like a massive weight on his shoulders um, from a young age and then as he comes through into adulthood, he sort of deals with it in his own way. Wow. And then right up to the end where he's sort of on his deathbed and he's talking to his son. 
yeah. uh, and passing down that message of what sort of happened to him. And then his son passes it on to his son and then history repeats and yeah, the story wow. moves on. So, yeah, it's a dark story. For yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Where does that yeah. where does that come from? So it's all kind of linked. Um, a part of it was the fact that I was really struggling to write songs. Right. So I sat down with my guitar and, you know, similar to what you just said, you can play something and be like, oh, I don't think that's any good. I don't think people are going to want to sing that. Yeah. I don't think. And, and I was trying to write something that wasn't really there. Yeah. So I sat down with a pen and paper and I just thought, right, if I wrote a story, uh, could I write songs about that story and make it so it's got some sort of direction? And I love film as well. So like storytelling through film and music is kind of all linked. Yeah. And that's sort of a big drive for me. So I looked at that and I thought, right, well, I'll give it a go. What's the worst that can happen? Yeah. And basically, as I was writing, putting pen to paper, I realised I was just writing like what had happened to me in the last 10 years. Okay. And I was like, okay, well, this is sort of taking a bit of a turn now. Can I make, you know, what can I do with this? Um, so, yeah, I, I basically just... The, the stuff that happened, obviously, my dad wasn't in a gang. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he yeah. wasn't killed. Um, my dad's fine and alive and well. But um, what I did was I took the influences from my life and I pu- pushed it into that story. Yeah, um, okay. And then, so everything that's in the story, although that's telling its own thing, it's all related to me and a part of my yeah. life. And, and I think what that's, I went through. as a songwriter, you need to be able to sort of create these characters that can tell stories. Like, I've got a song about it's not been released it's on a hard drive somewhere but it's about my dad being a gambling man and my dad's not a gambling man mm. at all <laughs> and i showed him it and he was like what was that about me and i was like no no it's the character in the story's dad it's not yeah. me i just happen to be singing it like that's the way you gotta look at it yeah patreon.com forward slash dan parkinson music for advert free higher quality and early access to the stage fright podcast so do you want to talk about what happened to you in the last 10 years? Then, yeah, sure. To, to sort of um, bring that up. I'll bring out my notes bring, now. Bring so here we notes. go. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, basically, I, I had about a six-year period where nine, eight or nine times um, someone that I knew, either directly or indirectly, was there one minute and then dead the next. Okay. So it was a lot of loss over yeah. that sort of shorter period of time. Mm-hmm. Some of them I was really close to and some of them I knew of and knew about, you know, yeah. like one of them was like a car accident and that I was just happened to be there for. Yeah. It was just so random. But then you saw like someone laying dead in the road and think, oh, wow. God. Yeah, and it's like, so all these things started to sort of build up and I had the classic British stiff upper lip. Yeah. Nothing can touch me. Yeah. What if a duck's back? Yeah. And that's very dangerous uh, attitude to have i think yeah um, and i know up. that you touched touched on it with i wrote this down david gathard oh in yeah the samaritans episode and i really like that one because it was exactly what you're talking about having that attitude of being you know yeah stiff upper lip and his dad was a cab driver in london so he, they've got that whole like yeah, yeah blokes being blokes yeah, kind of yeah. kind of thing yeah and i didn't cry like didn't want to show any emotion yeah. like anything like that and i was just dry i'd be like i'm driving around in the van going to a job Nothing in the world like wrong uh, that I could see, just driving along, happy yeah. days. And all of a sudden, I'd just get this overwhelming like f- feeling of sadness. Oh, and, really? Like, just grief. hit you? Yeah. And I'd just be like, why? I was like, I'm just driving to the job. Like, there's no reason for me to yeah. feel like this. And it, it would happen like quite often. It got to a point where it was like daily. And I was like, I think I'm, I must be depressed because this isn't normal. This isn't how it should be. So I, I sort of spoke to my fiance about it and I was like, I think I'm going to book in for some therapy and 
just go and talk something out because something's clearly not right with me. Yeah. So that's what I did. And, and it was probably the best thing that I've ever done in my life. Yeah. Because when she sat down with me and sort of we started talking about all these things that happened, A, I realised how much had happened. Mm. And B, how not normal it was. Yeah. <laughs> and how it's like, it shouldn't be like that. Yeah. And you shouldn't feel like you can't talk about it or you can't, you know, show any emotion. Yeah. So what I'd done is I just kept pushing this emotion down and this grief down and it was just coming up. Yeah. Out of nowhere, it would just sort of reappear. And I'd just be like, well, I'll fight it, push it back down again because I don't want it. And all you have to learn to do is sort of lean into it a little bit and go, it's okay to feel that, that shit yeah. because it is shit. Yeah. So that, And that's basically where I got to. So, yeah, I went through the therapy and it was, like I say, it's probably one of the best things that I've ever done because you just unlock this sort of... Uh, acceptance what well, i did anyway. mm. i unlocked to this acceptance of feeling shit and that it's okay to feel shit and that sometimes you just got to lean into it and and kind of let it happen how long did you go to therapy for are you still going now no i stopped um so i literally started just before covid happened okay um because i remember we yeah i was going through therapy and then covid happened and we went to lockdown yeah. and it was like you could still do your um, sessions, but you're going to have to do them on Zoom. Yeah, and I was like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, Zoom's Zoom's a totally yeah. different beast. It's, yeah, I've done a couple of podcasts on Zoom, and they were great. You know, I loved them, but yeah, yeah. I prefer getting people in front of me in the studio, mm. so I can we can actually have like back and forth because every Zoom meeting starts with. Can you hear me? <laughs> Sorry, hang on. I think you're, you're muted. Hang on. Yeah. And it's just like kind of like, yeah. it's just shit like that that goes through the and whole thing. And you talk over each other. And you talk over each other, yeah. yeah. So. And there's a slight delay. Yeah. And it's just a bit like, uh. I feel sorry for um, comedians that when lockdown happened, they were doing stand-up comedy over Zoom. <laughs> that must be horrible. <laughs> just that, that like delay. Wait a second for the delay <laughs> yeah, reaction. Yeah. So they'll turn up to a Zoom meeting with like, like a conference and there'll be like 50 people on this Zoom meeting and they'll tell a joke and then... <laughs> yeah. It's just like, wait. You start I'm breathing again, yeah. Out, yeah. And there's no like, there's no banter with the audience. Nah, yeah. It's all like, it's all like that. But um, That's tough. did you do any therapy with Zoom? Did you try no, it at all? You didn't? I, I literally just said I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I was at a, quite a crucial point as well, I think, in the therapy where I just wouldn't have been able to express what I wanted oh, okay. to kind of express. Yeah. Because a large part of it was, was actually just like, it's very strange when you get into the room, if you've never done therapy before, you get into the room and you kind of get into that headspace of, mm. I'm here to do this, you know, now. Yeah. Uh, well, that's how it worked for me anyway. So not being in that environment was kind of difficult yeah. and a challenge. Because you're just that, in your kitchen or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Someone that doesn't want to necessarily talk about stuff, you have to really get into that yeah you know, what you need to want to do it and you need to want and you, to yeah i guess you need to go to a space that isn't comfortably yours as well so you can yeah. just go okay this is the space that i can talk whereas if it's your living room you'll stop the zoom meeting and then go cool let's put soy sunny philadelphia on <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> now and it's just now it's your living room yeah. my dad knows a guy that he works in his garden he's got like a purpose-built shed in his yeah. garden and every day he takes his packed lunch he gets dressed shirt and tie goes down to his garden because he knows that that's it like he, he's yeah. down there working You're in work it, mode now if he comes back up to the house to have lunch he knows he'll put the tv on two yeah. hours ago by and then he'll go oh, i might take the rest of the day off whereas if he's in that work environment he's in the headspace yeah yeah cool this is where i work isn't it interesting that you've taken that feeling you had mm. And written something completely different to what you were actually feeling. Yeah. But it's because of that feeling that this 
you know this music comes out of you yeah do you feel music is an escape um i don't i don't necessarily feel like that actually because i feel like it's so heavily connected to to me in what i've written that it's more of a it's more of like group therapy yeah (laughs) you know playing playing my songs out to people as they are at the moment is feels to me like a bit of a release yeah um so rather than an escape of trying to get away from that it i i purposely made it connected to that like you're opening Um, the bottle and it's going yeah 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 cool Um, that's a nice way of thinking about it yeah so just to just to accept lean into it like say accept it and and my aim really was to to talk about it which i found quite difficult actually especially on stage because Mm trying to open up to people that a you don't know and b might not necessarily be listening or care you're aiming it really at one person that might be listening enough to go i feel like that sometimes and that's that's what i kind of wanted i just wanted that one person to feel like they're not alone and that if they are feeling something like that because i just thought it was just it was me you know that no one else could possibly go through because you get in your bubble and that's that's how it life is yeah especially when you're self-employed and you're working on your own you don't necessarily talk to people yeah about that sort yeah. of thing so yeah and i'm sure there are there are thousands and thousands of people and the more i go on the more i realize that's 100 percent the case and and that people just need to know that it's it's okay to talk yeah. and okay to feel shit i remember doing these um Actually, going back to David's episode, I got a message from someone. I won't say who it is, but I got a message from someone saying, um, thank you so much for that episode. Um, I called the Samaritans and just had a chat with them. Wow. He didn't say what it was about. Hmm. He just said, "I actually gave me the courage to actually call the Samaritans. And I was like, great. That episode was for that person then. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's what it's about. That's what, I remember yeah. when I was doing these like, <laughs> like totally different subjects. I used to do these things called Dan's TV Jams. It was through COVID, so I would recreate kids' TV theme tunes like, and play all the instruments and all that kind of stuff. And one guy messaged me once saying, I oh, just want to say, I don't know who, who he was. He just said, oh, I just want to say thank you so much for um, the Dan's TV Jams. They really make me smile throughout COVID because I live on my own and I can't go out and see anyone. And one of the things that makes me smile is your tv jams and i'm like that's so great because i just that's just me fucking around in a studio (laughs) like like trying to like do something and uh you know you don't realize how much this stuff means to yeah means to people and it impacts them and yeah does resonate with them which is yeah kind of key and that's exactly what happened with me like i said reference sean james his music resonated with me in a way that he probably didn't mean to Mm. but it did and i took my meanings from his songs and and that was kind of a big pinch point for me really. and his songs probably mean something completely different to him exactly, than they do yeah. to you it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy isn't it? yeah but you just don't realize how much like you say how much that can affect people and their lives and their decisions and yeah. things like that All right, I'm just going to take a quick break from the show to tell you about my Patreon, where for the price of half a coffee a month, you will get early ad-free versions of the podcast in a higher quality, as well as a load of behind-the-scenes photos and audio that I've been told to say are NSFW, which I don't know what it means, but people have it on their OnlyFans accounts. Apparently, I, I, I don't know, I've been, I've been told that. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Dan Parkinson Music. You can also get the app on your phone so you can listen to my voice wherever you may be. My Patreon has a pay-what-you-can scheme where all tiers are the same. The aim of this is to have more Patreons paying the smaller fee a month and not pricing people out, which in turn will pay for the show and help it run and run until the end of time. (laughs) Anyway, let's get back to the show.
Is your fiance? Do you want to name her? Yeah. Is your what's, what's your fiance's name? Sammy. Samantha. Sammy. Yeah. So is she is she very supportive of your music? Yeah, massively. So is she. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm a bit skeptical about what she wants to be honest. Because oh, really? yeah, yeah. What does she I, listen to? Uh, well, same as me, really. She cool. um, she loves Coheed and Cambria. Every time they come to the country, we go and see them. Great. Um, but I mean, recently she she went to see Harry Styles. Oh, cool. Wow. Well, it's <laughs> <laughs> well, well, like she was buzzing pop. about it. She yeah. was absolutely buzzing about it. And and fair play. Like the day before, we went to see Coheed, and then the de- next day she went to see <laughs> Harry Styles. Harry Styles. <laughs> I was like, well, that's it shows great. that you've got a varied music yeah. taste at least. No, that's so, really good. Yeah. That's, that's really good. Yeah, yeah. As a songwriter, you do need to, you know, you have a plan to go. Oh yeah, let's go and watch this film, and then you all suddenly go. Actually, can I? I just need to go write this thing. I've just had this idea. I just need to go off for like twenty minutes and just write this down. Yeah, is she quite understanding of that kind of side of you? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Great. I mean, and especially for gigging and things like that. It's just, yeah, it's like there's an open mic tonight. Do you mind if I go? No, of course. Yeah. Just go. What time will you be back? Yeah. I've no idea. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know when I'll be yeah, on. Yeah. Okay, great. She moans about me make it, waking her up when I come back oh, in. Yeah. But uh, that's that's just how That's it partners is. in general. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. wake up any partner. But no, honestly, she's so supportive. Um, yeah, I, I mean, we had a, quite an in-depth conversation the other day and I was sort of laying out my plans for the next five years and yeah. to her and saying, like, what do you think? Because this really heavily involves you because this is about us and our lives and like we want to okay. have a family and things like that. So, you know, if I go down the route of trying to, you know, get go somewhere with the music, yeah. it could at some point, you know, fall either fall flat on its face or I have to take some sort of leap, leave the job that I'm in, which is yeah. quite secure and quite safe yeah. to go and do something like that. The good thing about this day and age, though, is you don't have to do that leap straight away. No. You can, it'll be long hours, but, you know, you can go to work monday to friday you know well you're self-employed yeah. you can go you can go to work monday to sunday yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you work on the music kind of around that and then you'll yeah. find that actually um i'm making enough money from the music now let's go down to three days a week it yeah, kind of gradually it works like that yeah, yeah i did that with my old job and they and then i got made redundant because of covid mm. but i was at a, a good enough time that i thought actually this is all right for me to just quit now and just do music full-time yeah. which is scary it's a scary yeah, yeah. thing to go oh i'm a musician full-time ah oh, shit yeah. <laughs> someone it was funny my mate ash messaged me about the new tom DeLonge guitars and he was like oh you're gonna get one and i went nah mate i'm a musician i can't afford guitars <laughs> <laughs> can't afford that i can't afford instruments i made of money The only other thing that I was thinking of talking about was like the cost of therapy. Because I, for for me, like I was in a quite a privileged position that I could afford to pay for it. But yes. I can imagine there's a lot of people out there because it's not cheap. It was like £45 a session, I think. £45 a session. How long was a session? Uh, for an hour. I, probably more than that now because everything's gone up, hasn't it? But Yeah. Um, you know, I did 16 sessions. Wow. And that adds up. Once a week. So it's one of those things, isn't it? You can't you can't put a price on your mental health, mm. but you can if you don't have the money. Exactly. So I guess the way around that is if you talk to friends and people you know, just talking about something. Mm. If you're overthinking stuff or you're anxious about something, if you say it out loud, why you're anxious? Oh, I'm anxious because I've got to redo the car, or mm. whatever, whatever yeah. the problem is. As soon as you say it out loud. The problem kind of shrinks mm. straight away, just yeah. for saying it out loud, even to yourself. That's why a lot of... Do you talk to yourself, by the way? Yeah. In the van and stuff? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Terrible for it. Great. 
<laughs> yes, really good to hear because I was talking to someone the other day and they talked to themselves and I was like, that's amazing. Oh, Grace, she her episode came out today actually. Her episode came out about three hours ago. Yes. She talks to herself and she was like, you know, I talk to myself while I'm running and I was like, I think that's a creative thing. Like anyone creative that's listening to this, you probably talk to yourself, don't you? Like, it is like you, you just Be say stuff out now. loud. Be honest. You talk to yourself. And it's not weird. No. It's not weird. It's it, That should be very normal. completely normal. Yeah, yeah. that should be very normal. What are the sort of like things you learn during your therapy about yourself? Did you learn any like coping mechanisms and things like that? Yeah. We talked a lot about like headspace and where you are and, and um, a lot of it was, it's like uh, meditation, but it's not that, is it? It's oh, like a relaxation kind of thing. Yeah, or? there's like apps you can get and they... Like calm and yeah, all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, where, so yeah. it is, I mean, it's a form of meditation basically, but... Yeah, about about doing that and checking in with yourself and yeah. you know, listening and, and doing things like that. I was never very good at it, not gonna lie to you. And mm. and I was given sort of homework to go and yeah. to go and practice it and, and I struggled. But what I did take away was that before I went to therapy it was it was the attitude of water off a duck's back and, mm. and trying to be all big and brave and stiff up a lip yeah, all that. yeah 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 don't show any emotion you know and i'm still not great at it. i'm not i'm not yeah. saying that i've you know had a major breakthrough but i've got a lot better at understanding my own feelings and yeah. listening for the little signals and and i mean it's been years since i've been to therapy so mm. um that's kind of a good thing but i will go back because at some point i'll need to check back in and make yeah. sure that i am on Do, the right still track doing the right thing the right yeah. thing um but up till now, I felt I felt pretty good, and and you know that if I do ever get that feeling of sadness, I can understand with myself now more about where it's coming yeah. from and why I would feel like that. And so yeah, and that that was the major thing that I learned about myself really is listening listening to those little signals, listening um, to your body. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, music has directly connected with that because I wanted to get back into doing music and mm. it's so good for the mental health it's so good you get you out it gets you meeting people yeah you, know, you get to do some crazy things and if you don't <laughs> yeah. want to stand up on stage and play you don't have to you know you just go along to a and support open yeah. mic nights yeah. and go yeah. see go see who you want to see and you'll soon build and find that community and and that'll just help you so much i think yeah if you're a sort of a budding singer songwriter listening to this check out your local open mic nights and just go on your own that's a really good thing to do if you if you can go to an open mic night on your own you don't have to play just sit you know go up to the person running it and say hi i'm dan you know i'm not looking to play today i just want to come and sit and they'll they'll understand they'll say okay i'm not going to force you to to play the problem is when you (laughs) when you are a guitar player and you turn up to these open mic nights they come up to you and they're like right do you want to when do you want to play you're like i just want to have a beer mate and (laughs) chat to my mates like and just watch everyone else i don't want to i don't want it to become a thing (laughs) don't want to get involved like it's fine and that's fine you can go and and listen to other people's stories and and then yeah eventually after two or three weeks of doing that you might go actually next week i might play yeah, yeah next week i might do one song yeah and then go off and do it yeah. it's great my open yeah, mic yeah. nights are so good for that and i don't i don't go to enough of them i go to mark's one every now and again yeah. but i don't and i know i don't go to enough of them mm. i'm like oh, i've missed that one again it's classic that. like life getting in the way yeah. and that's that's another key point is like you have to make time for the things that make you happy and that you yeah. want to do because otherwise you just work and work and work and that's yeah. what i was finding that for years i just I was just on that hamster wheel of just keep running the business, yeah. keep, you know, I'm worried that I'm not going to get money and I'm worried about yeah. this. I'm, you know, anxious of life and actually you just need to stop running for a minute and go, what actually makes me happy? Yeah. What do I want to do? Yeah. 
And if you can't make money out of it, then then fine, like find time that, yeah. in your life to get that thing done and do that, do what it is you want to do. Because it's so crucial to keeping strong and healthy yeah. mindset. Yeah. I go on, well, I'm not very good at it, but I go on with my mates and play Call of Duty. Yeah. And that's my, because I, I don't really like watching films. I get very like antsy and just like, I need to be doing something else, I need to be doing something uh, more. So if I'm actually playing something, I feel like my brain's actually doing something. Yeah, I yeah. think it's when my brain is just idle and just like watching, I don't know, Harry Potter or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I just start thinking, right, well, I should be doing something more now. Yeah. So my thing is, it sounds stupid, but it does sound like a fit. It does sound like I've got the life of like a 15 year old boy. <laughs> I just start playing guitar in the day. I play Call of Duty in the, the night. But I need that Call of Duty time because that's my like, relaxing time. Yeah even though I'm shit at it and I die every time, but, <laughs> but it's that's not escape, the point. Isn't that's it? not, yeah, it's, that's my escape. Some yeah. people watch TV shows, some people watch films, some people go out for walks and have friends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not us. <laughs> not us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, and, and like, like you said earlier about escaping music, um, my escape is similar to you. Like I play on my computer, um, play with mates. Sometimes I don't, sometimes I sit on my own, but yeah. it's getting away from your everyday reality and, yeah. and going... Oh bloody hell! That's two hours I've just sat there for, yeah. and that means that you've actually completely forgotten about all your surroundings, yeah. the time, forgotten about work. That's everything, the best yeah. thing. Yeah, and although you you might feel, oh god, I've just wasted. You haven't wasted that time. Nah. That is like the key, most crucial time I think yeah. that you can have. I think you're wasting that time. If I was playing Call of Duty eight hours a day, yeah, oh, yeah. seven days a week. <laughs> Yeah. Then my wife could probably go, yeah, you're actually wasting time here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you need to actually do something else. Like, yeah, yeah, but I've just got to level up one more. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. But for those that are on that hamster wheel, just working a lot and, you know, it's, it's crucial, I think. Yeah, take time yeah. for yourself. And I'm, I am really bad because I don't do it. I don't do it enough. I'll always, like after this, I've got to go home. But I'll go home and I'll be editing something. Mm. I'll go, oh, what can I do? What can I edit? Like I could just sit and watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia, but yeah. after half an episode, I'll be like, no, let's just get the laptop open and then I can like do some editing or yeah, yeah. I've got to do that voiceover for that company. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll do, I'll do that. And it's like, just take a fucking day off. Yeah. <laughs> like, but I think it's because I'm quite new to this. Like I've only been doing music full time really for a, how many years actually? COVID. I used to work for a PA company. That was my like job. And I was doing studio stuff at the same time. So I was, uh, okay, yeah. again, no time. So yeah, it's probably COVID. So 20, yeah, only about three years mm. I've been doing this full time. Yeah. So it's still quite a new company. And I'm like you, I always think if I stop working, then yeah. the money's going to stop coming in. And then mm. if I haven't got any work next month, that money will cover that. Okay, cool. Okay, but what about after that month? Yeah. And then you start thinking, a, oh shit, when is this all going to come in? Yeah very difficult mindset to to change to i think yeah when you've got a job and like i mean i can't say because i've been self-employed for like 10 years now mm. so it's it's become my normal but when you first make that change from having a job where you know that you've got a salary and you've got you know things coming yeah. in and then you make that jump to go well i am the source of income now and yeah. I, I had a big thing about like my hands i still do really because i think like if i break a finger Mm. I can't do my job and if I can't do my job so I got, got health insurance in place so that yeah. if anything like that happened I'm covered and, and that puts your mind at rest a little bit but um, it puts your mind at rest a bit but then you think oh, that's another outgoing yes yeah yeah exactly. that's another 40 quid a month okay yeah. yeah and then I've got to 
It's just it's just money, isn't it? Yeah. Who, who invented money? Who the Piss fuck? off. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Can't we all just trade apples and bananas like yeah. they used to? Like the good old days. Like the good old days. <laughs> oh, back in the day when we used to trade an apple for a Pro Tools session. <laughs> chickens. That's yeah. what I want to trade in. Yeah, I want to trade in chickens. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash Dan Parkinson Music. Mate, it's so weird. Some podcasts I do go for like an hour and a half. Oh, wow. And then after the edit, I try and get it down to about an hour and 10 or 50 minutes to an hour and 10. That's my kind of thing. But that's sort of a a rule I've imposed on myself. Mm. No one's... (laughs) <laughs> no one's listening to this going oh. well actually last episode was eight minutes longer i uh, don't think i'm yeah. getting my money's worth yeah. <laughs> so i always like i always put um sort of unrealistic rules on myself if i mention on my instagram or tiktok or whatever oh, i'm gonna be working on this song mm. i think right as soon as i've mentioned it i now have to work on that song yeah and because people are gonna be waiting for it yeah yeah people oh someone's gonna be sat there going oh what he said he was writing a world cup song for the women but he didn't he didn't end up doing it and i think that was what actually made me get out of that mindset a little bit because i said on one of the podcasts oh, i'm writing a women's world cup song for the yeah. world cup it didn't happen in the end because i just didn't have the the, the inspiration to do it mm. and i think it's just because i put so much pressure on myself to do it yeah i thought oh well, well i did a world cup song for the men's like last year so yeah i have to do one for the women's now and it yeah. just became a thing whereas yeah, the yeah. men's one i wrote in about 20 minutes and recorded in about three days and it yeah. was all done whereas this one has just been built up so much now and i just went the other day i went you know what i haven't got the inspiration i'm not going to do it yeah yeah and why put that pressure on and yourself? And why put that pressure yeah, on myself? Yeah. No one, realistically, no one's out there waiting no. for, to hear what I've got to say about the Women's World Cup. Like, yeah. no, no one cares. Well, now you've said it. And now I've said it. Oh, shit. No, I'm said really looking forward to that <laughs> <Yeah>. song. <laughs> I've got a chorus and that's it. Yeah. I've got a chorus and a verse, musical verse, and that's it. And I couldn't, couldn't write any, any yeah. verse lyrics. And it was just, I was just forcing it too much. Did you find that when you were writing? Yeah. Yeah, and, and it was exactly that. I used to put on my story and be like, I'm going to this open mic tonight. And I'd get home from work and I'd be like, I am shattered. Yeah. I cannot make it. And I think, but I've said that I'm going. There might be Did, someone down there waiting for me. Exactly. Beyonce might be down there yeah. waiting for me. Was anyone there? <laughs> Were they fucked? <laughs> mm-hmm. But it, you do, like, you you know, especially with the power of social media and, yeah. and where we are now with that. I've almost self-entitled myself too early and been like, I'm doing this. Yeah. And actually you just think, no one cares. Yeah. At the moment, <laughs> yeah. no one cares. At the moment, no one cares. The only person that needs to care is you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> do what you want. and Just do um, what you want. If people like it, they'll like it. Exactly that. Yeah. Exactly that. And, you know, one of the first things I said when I started doing music is that I don't, I didn't want to put loads of pressure on myself. Yeah. I already got pressure from my job. I don't need more. I'm just, I was doing it to to you know get back into music and yeah. start playing live music I, I couldn't sing until about two and a half three years ago oh really yeah i wasn't a singer i, I played in the band from 12 i started playing bass and we formed a little school band yeah cool and then we took it we never took ourselves seriously but we when we were gigging we were you know yeah cool uh, not a serious band but but we just had fun with it and we played some music, good music. We had our own songs. Um, we recorded them, you know, and we could have done more with it if we'd have wanted to, but then university came along and everyone kind of yeah. goes off in their different directions. Yeah. Um, so after that point, it was, that was it. I went into construction and... How I'm old were you at this point? 18. 18, cool. Um, yeah, I went into construction and never, 
never picked up my bass because I was just too busy and, you know, my hands were always hurting from Getting doing from work and you're too tired. Yeah, yeah. And, and, like, playing bass on your own isn't always fun. You know, we have to play, like, along the songs and stuff. <laughs> yeah, bass is the best <laughs> instrument to play in a band, but on its own. Yeah. Drums are the funnest on their own. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah drums are 100% <laughs> the funnest. But bass, yeah, you if you're in a band setting, it's the best one because yeah. it's so it's so fun. Yeah. And you're keeping everyone together. And you're like, yeah, I'm the leader of this band. Yeah. Everyone else can shut up. Yeah. <laughs> um, make all these jokes about how I yeah. can't pull women and all this yeah. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, bass is the most important and the funnest one to play in a band. Yeah. Um, did you find yourself at the start of that, sort of um decline did you find yourself getting home from work and feeling like you had to play bass because yeah. uh because you think oh well bass is my like fun time and then because you're forcing it it's sort of yeah less it drops fun. out yeah, yeah yeah definitely i get that quite a lot of people because what i had was i had two basses and i had an acoustic guitar and this mm-hmm. acoustic guitar was old and, mm-hmm. and not the one that you worked on recently yeah it was that's a lovely guitar yeah and that was what i had from I think 16 and I just started playing it you know in my room and and that was it just that was as far as it ever went so I occasionally would pick that up but it would it was so infrequent and I'd only play the same four songs that I knew how to play um and then it'd go back but I've had a lot of people say to me since I've sort of started going back out oh I'd love to play the guitar yeah I've got one, but I just, I never pick it up. And I I always give the same advice as just have it somewhere where it's accessible. Yeah. And don't make yourself go like, I must practice half an hour every day, you know, because you won't. And you just will, you'll get frustrated. You'll put it to one side and you'll never play it. Have it somewhere where it's sat in the corner of a room or hung up on a wall and you will want to pick it up. Next to your sofa. So you just sit, put on Emmerdale or whatever you watch. I don't know if you watch Emmerdale. (laughs) And then you just sort of like tinkering away while while the TV's on. And you get slowly better and better. and, And all of a sudden you cross that threshold of being frustrated and i'm not good to i can play that yeah i can do this now it'll just happen yeah you'll be playing something you'll what you'll want to learn sweet child of mine say and then you'll just you'll be practicing for ages and then it'll happen and then that little spark inside you will go do that again yeah 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 (laughs) oh cool yeah i can do this and then you'll find yourself at an open mic yeah and then you'll find (laughs) yourself at wembley then all of a sudden yeah (laughs) but and that that was that was basically how it happened for me you know i just didn't do anything with it for ages and i'm not uh, I don't call myself like a really competent guitarist. I'm not mm. going to start shredding on stage. Mm. That's not what I can do. I can play chords quite competently and I can, you know, find, I know about enough about the fretboard to know where I'm playing and yeah. things like that and where all the notes are. But for me, it was like when I started singing, it was, I was in my van through COVID really in my van driving along, listening to any artist that I liked. And if you listen to someone like, I don't know. An old inspiration of mine was Def Vanna. Oh, so cool, this is yeah. a classic. So right, yeah. his voice is amazing, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it's quite high. Yeah. And I was, if I tried to sing along to that, even now, I would never, I wouldn't be able nah. to get near it because it's, it's just too high. Yeah. But I found an artist that was lower. It's someone like George Ezra it tends to yeah. sing a little bit more yeah. lower. And all of a sudden I was like, I can sing along to this. Yeah. And I just kept doing that over and over again. Found songs that I liked, found songs that I could sing better. Made a little pl- playlist on Spotify that was called Sing Along. Yeah, cool. And then when I was driving, along in the van i'd hit sing along and, and sing along and sing along and and i just did that for for ages there is a ages. there is a weird misconception with singers that the higher a singer goes the better they are yeah and it's like no 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 like it's all about control yeah. i'd rather listen to someone like lou reed 
who's really low, but he's got the control, he's got the notes there. Yeah. Great. As opposed to someone like Mariah Carey that can like hit all those out. Yeah. The big belt of notes. The big belt of notes. Yeah. Like, that doesn't really impress me. Mm. And that's fine. Yeah. But that is a big misconception when you start singing that you have to get as high as you can. Yeah. It's like, no, it's just about controlling what you can control, controlling your range, finding your range. I'm working mm. with an artist at the minute where he's writing songs and they're sort of either slightly too low or slightly too high. So we're just kind of honing it all in yeah, and going, yeah. actually, actually, you're you're good in this key. Like if you tune your guitar to this, this key is good you for go. you. And he's like, oh yeah, actually, it's not about trying to, no. you know, hit those, you know, Mika notes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, oh, yeah. not about, it's not about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But there are things you can do to work up to that, but it's, it yeah. takes a lot of work. If, you, and, if that's what you want to do, yeah. then great. Yeah, yeah. Like, but it's going to take a lot. Well, in some people it comes a bit more naturally. But, yeah, some people but, just yeah. naturally got it. But if if I wanted to start belting notes like that, it would take me a lot of work. And something. you you couldn't like you just get frustrated. Similar to playing the guitar, like any yeah. instrument, you'd get frustrated and you run the risk then of you know damaging your voice. And which I did do at one point, just did trying, you? just pushing it too much. I mean, you have got to find your limit, which I think is good. Yeah. Do you do um, vocal warm ups and that kind of thing? Yeah. So yeah. I I started watching a YouTube series by a guy called Chris Lipe. Mm-hmm. Um, and he works with uh, like Spencer Sotelo from Periphery. Oh wow! And obviously his his voice yeah. is is crazy good, and but he's a screamer. Yeah. But he has like a free vocal warm up course, cool, which you can do on YouTube. Um, and that's what I did. And I just sat down, and you make a lot of stupid noises. You make, yeah. you you find out, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. You great. find out Sounds loads. Great. Like you're breathing, get your breathing yeah. right. Yeah, so don't think about it too much. So before yep. you go, I've got five questions cool. that I ask every guest. What band could phone you up now and say the gig is tonight? Can you do it? Uh, any band. Yeah. Coheed and Cambria. I was, was going to say, it's yeah, going to be Coheed Cambria. Okay. <laughs> uh, what artist did you instantly connect with after first hearing? Uh, Sean James, definitely. Sean James. Yeah. Is there an album that people should go listen to? I mean, Shadows was his first album. That's the one that I instantly connected oh, with. Yeah. Shadows um, by Sean James. Yeah, but okay. that's like his earliest stuff. Like now he's been, he's like produced properly. Like that was his bedroom album, basically. Oh, cool. Great. Um, but yeah, I love that album. It's weird with artists that when someone tells you to go listen to an artist, they always give you a specific album, don't they? They always go, oh, you got to listen to this album. Yeah. It's like, it's the one before his latest album. It's the best one. And you're like, surely you want to listen to it from when he started mm. to where he is now. Yeah. Instead of just jumping in. Because, I mean, it's so easy on Spotify, isn't it? Just, like, top five, you just click the first one, you go, yeah, I quite like the sound of that. What album's that on? And you Mm. listen to that. But, yeah, it's hard when people... And do you ever have that thing as well when someone goes, oh, yeah, you've got to check this artist out and then they'll play your song and go, oh, no, it's not this song. <laughs> no, it's not this song. Yeah. It's not, and you're like, yeah. just play a song. Just like, give me the one. Yeah. <laughs> there should be, all of them should be good yeah. if, if you're telling me about this. Exactly, yeah. All right. What advice would you give to your younger self? Ooh. I would say it's okay to feel shit sometimes. Yeah. That's probably the biggest one. Good. Yeah. That, that saying there is why I started the podcast. Oh, cool. Yeah, that that's, that was in the first ever ever I did for this podcast on Instagram, whatever. I just directly ripped off your... You just, yeah, you just nicked it. Just, <laughs> oh, no. No, no, no it's, it's, uh, it was okay to feel bad sometimes. That oh, was, but okay. that, that's sort of the inspiration to yeah. why I started this podcast, just to go, let's just get people in and chat. Just say... See what comes up. Why is your life shit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. If I just sat here for the last no. hour and just been absolutely depressed. No, no, mate. No, it's not, no, not like that at all. Um, uh, one project you're proud to be a part of? 
Uh, do you know what? I absolutely loved the time in, in the band that I had. Oh, did you? Yeah, it was so much fun and, and we all loved it. And, uh, you know, I was so proud to be a part of that band. Yeah. And it was just like the college years wrapped up in one. Yeah. So, yeah, it was awesome. Would you get a band together for your new stuff? I would. I'm desperately looking for a fiddler. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah, because I think I could do something with that. But, yeah, awesome. Um, Holly Chapman, mate. She was on the friend of the pod, Holly Chapman, yeah. There we go. Ep- from episode... I can't remember now. <laughs> well, she plays violin. She plays violin, yeah. Amazing. She's right. great. Um, I'm coming for you, Holly Chapman. And <laughs> <laughs> um, what have you got coming up? I've got a gig this Sunday in Winchester at the railway. Cool, yeah. So that's quite Railway's a big one good. for me. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, and other than that, it's just... I'm, I've got so many ideas for video content and yeah. um, and for music um, recordings. I'm going to keep recording. I'm going to keep yeah. doing stuff and putting it out there um, and playing as much as I can. Yeah, and great. Nothing set in stone. Just just keep doing what just I've been do doing. What, just do what comes naturally. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm hoping that, you know, I've only been going officially kind of six months or so because it yeah. started in January. So I'm hoping that I can look back on this year at the end of it and sort of see what I've done and, and just keep yeah. pushing from there, really. Oh, great. Yeah. Mate, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you like, so much really for having to, me, mate. It's yeah, been really good you. to chat to you. Thanks, I know mate. I'm a bit of a nobody, so. <laughs> no, mate, that, no, that's, that's quite interesting in your in your um, initial message. You're yeah. like, oh, you know, I know I'm a nobody and whatever. And I'm like, that's not the point. No, like, I know, yeah. And if anything, that's that's better because people can relate to you more. Mm. Like, that's, that's yeah. a really nice thing to have. And nobody's a nobody, mate. I know, Don't, yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I, but yeah, because obviously you're quite established in like on Instagram and stuff like that. And I'm very much in the early stages of, of all Well, that's that. it. It's not being a nobody. It's just, I've been on Instagram and for about, how long have I been on Instagram now? I'm going to scroll back to my first, but I'm not going <laughs> to scroll back to my first post. I can't be bothered. <laughs> if someone wants to scroll back to my first Instagram <laughs> post, take a screenshot Let and send me another day. I think I know it was a picture of my, it, it was a picture of, that guitar head, the, my acoustic guitar head, because Instagram had that thing where you could um, focus on one bit and then it blurred out the background. Yeah. And I was, I love, I was like, oh my god, I'm a, I'm a photographer oh, now. <laughs> we've done it. <laughs> we've done it now. This is it. I'm the new big boy photographer in town. Yeah. But yeah, that was it. That that was definitely the picture, or as a picture of my bearded dragon. That was um, <laughs> the lizard. That's not a euphemism. Yeah, yeah. yeah no. <laughs> but no. Um, yeah, nobody's a nobody, mate. Well, it's like going back to that the whole Instagram thing, isn't it? Like you, I, I found like I've not got gigs because I haven't got the following behind it, right? And I'm always like comparing myself to other people, which is yeah, another really that's dangerous really thing to bad, do. Yeah. And so I've fallen into that trap of feeling that because you are you're more established, I'm less than you are. Yes, which is a bad yeah. way of thinking. Yeah, but that's what social media does. Yeah, social media does. Yeah, and it's difficult to get out of that and you, you do forget that oh this person's got a thousand followers mm. but then the person with a thousand followers is looking at someone going oh well they've got ten thousand followers exactly. and the person with ten thousand followers there's a great talk actually a great ted talk with joseph gordon levitt and he talks about that and he talks yeah. about social media and he was like oh i'll be good when i get ten thousand followers i'll be fine mm. i'll be good when i get that role i'll be good when i work with this actress i'll be good i'll be good i'll be good when i get a million followers and he sort of realized that you are just constantly chasing yeah and you're never satisfied no. but that's a I'll put a link to it actually in this um, comment thing. I'll yeah, put a link to your record and your Instagram and and this Joseph Gordon Levitt yeah, chat because awesome. that's a really good talk to yeah. to get into. It's so true though, so yeah. true, mate. We've, we awesome. said we were going to stop about 20 minutes yeah, ago. Yeah, we we'll just keep going now, yeah. But, mate, it was nice Give to me. meet you again. And yeah. um, thank you so much for doing this podcast. Thanks, mate. No, I really appreciate you having me on. 
Oh, I feel like I haven't done one of these one-take blunders for a while. <laughs> right, that was Rob Butler on the Stage Fright podcast. Go follow Rob on his Instagram to keep up to date with his music at Rob Butler Music. Nice and easy. If you'd like to help... Uh, oh, see, I improvised then. Shouldn't have done it. If you'd like to help out the show, please sign up to my Patreon, where for the price of half a coffee a month, you'll get early, ad-free, higher-quality access of the pod, as well as some extra bonus bits and conversations. Patreon.com forward slash Dan Parkinson Music. Email me any thoughts and ideas you might have for the pod, allrightstagefright at gmail.com, and find us on... In- uh... Yeah, I've changed that, haven't I? Find us on Instagram at the Stage Fright Podcast and Twitter too. Make sure you like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts and thank you for listening. Uh, seriously, thank you for listening to this because it's a lot of hard work. I do love doing it. I'm, I'm going totally off script now, but thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. Um, I'll see you in the, in the next one. Bye.